0: podcast listeners. Um, welcome to this edition of the Pregnancy Help Podcast. Today we have the joy of speaking with Keisha Franklin from Lifeline Village. Um, we're going to kind of wrestle with the issue of adoption and how adoption plays out within the context of her maternity home, what she's learned, and what are some of the things that we can kind of speak about and speak um, for the rest of the housing community. So Keisha, we're so grateful that you are with us. Thank you for joining us.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and a little bit about Lifeline Village just to give us a a quick introduction?
1: Yes, ma'am. So Lifeline Village Maternity Home has been operating for over 30 years and we came to be in existence as a, as, as, oh my gosh. (laughs) So we came to be in existence just through working with, through our work with Save-A-Life and they saw a need that women needed more than just pregnancy counseling, but sometimes they needed uh, other needs to be met as far as physical needs as housing and more support through their pregnancy. And so Lifeline Village Maternity Home was started back then to, to be able to meet that need.
0: Yeah, awesome. Can you tell us just a little bit about the size and age, maybe some of the criteria of the women that you're serving?
1: Yes, we currently serve women age 19 and up. We can serve up to four women at one time. Usually, our women are able to stay in our program anywhere from six months to a year. It just really depends on how early they come to us during their pregnancy. And we provide aftercare services once they give birth. And that's kind of based off of their progress and their current plans.
0: Awesome. So, and I know you're part of kind of a bigger program, right? So Lifeline Village is one aspect of a bigger program. Can you kind of set that context for us?
1: Of course. So Lifeline Children's Services, we essentially exist to equip the body of Christ to share the gospel. And in doing so, our ministry has many different facets. So we have a ministry that serves um, through adoption and our adoption, not just, we don't just serve the adoptive parents. We also serve birth mothers our ministry is very birth mother-centered, um, and so we try to provide holistic care for those women who come to us um, for service. We also have family restoration, we have an unadopted program, and we also provide counseling services um, just to those clients that we serve. And so, yeah, there there's, there's many things that Lifeline does, but the heart of the ministry has always been birth moms and adoption.
0: I think that's important too as we kind of enter into this topic of adoption because what we've seen is that homes um that maybe grew out of a real adoption you know focus tend to have a different um, culture around adoption. So uh, places that grew out of an adoption agency or that are associated in a very deep way with an adoption agency tend to be uh, more comfortable, I guess, bringing up the adoption topic. So, So we've just seen that as we've kind of talked to homes across the country. So we're excited to kind of enter into that topic with you. And explore what it means. So I know a couple of years ago, um, oh, Keisha has the joy of serving on the National Maternity Housing Coalition Leadership Council. So I get the joy of talking to her quite a bit. But and, and I know as part of those conversations, a couple of years ago, we really just started to try and think about how can the maternity home have adoption as a place of excellence right how can we keep it as it's been a long part of our history adoption has been you know where maternity homes really grew and grew out of and some homes while they would say they're open to adoption they support adoption maybe are are struggling to have it be kind of a big part of the conversation um, and I think your home has been able to keep adoption as part of the conversation that happens with every every mom so I was hoping you could talk us through some of the ways that the adoption message kind of gets integrated into what you do with with the women.
1: So our program provides options counseling and option counseling essentially just looks at both the parenting option and the adoption option and through that they're educated on those on those options in order for them to be able to make a plan. Um, our whole goal is for these women just to be informed about their decision to really look at their situation factually um, and so we're able to integrate that into our program by acknowledging how our program works from the first time they reach out to us um, stating that they desire to enter our program. And, and it doesn't mean that they have to choose adoption. We just want them to be educated on their options. Because a lot of times, many women, we know their their first desire is always going to be to parent. Um, but sometimes that's just not an option for you know some individuals. And so we want them to be able to see and and be able to take the time to really think through what is best for them. And so as part of the options counseling, we really talk through their particular circumstances, their situation and whatever else they may need. Also, we also have to acknowledge that, you know, Through the gospel, we're able to share both about spiritual adoption and earthly adoptions. And being faith-based programs is 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 such a privilege to be able to share this with these women, and that they're able to see that adoption is really is natural. You know, I mean, as as children of God, we are able to be adopted by Him and become part of His family. And that there were several adoptions that took place in the Bible. And so, you know, it's just again part of that holistic approach. We're able to provide a gospel-centered approach even to the adoption message.
0: So are the women, when they come to you, have they already expressed some interest in adoption or are you starting from kind of step one in in the discernment process?
1: It it differs um, from one case to another. There are some women who come to us who have already made the decision to uh, create an adoption plan. There are others who just don't know what they want to do or what they need to do. Um, And it just really just depends. A lot of times if you take, say, a woman who may be homeless, she just doesn't know what her options are. So she just wants to be able to think through what's best for her and what's best for baby. And so in going through the options counseling, we're able to sit back and make that plan. So whether it's parenting, you know, or adoption, it's what does she need to accomplish? What goals does she need to set while she's in this program to help her make the best decision?
0: And is the um, options counseling done by a mentor and, and um, kind of advocate within the program, or is it more in a therapeutic kind of setting with a counselor or a therapist or something like that?
1: So we have pregnancy counselors here at Lifeline. As the program coordinator at the maternity home, I work more on other issues that the ladies may be dealing with, like the goal setting and all that. But we also have pregnancy counselors that come out and visit them once a week to kind of talk through their, uh, their plans for baby. So, so they'll educate them on what adoption looks like. They educate them on their, um, on their options. They educate them on um, the process. So they are fully aware of what that looks like. And so from there, they're able to kind of make a decision of, you know, adoption versus parenting.
0: Are the moms resistant to that conversation or are they open to it? Or, you know, what, what is it that you experience from the moms as you kind of bring up the conversation? I know when I speak to homes, there's often that sense of fear, like, will they think, I don't think they're a good parent, you know, like there's some resistance um, in that dynamic. I can honestly say we've seen
1: a a wide array of emotions and, um, and a response like just to being presented with their options. Um, But the biggest thing that we have to always remind them of, this is your choice. We're only educating you. That's it. Um, By presenting you with adoption education, that does not mean you have to choose adoption. By being in our program does not mean you have to choose adoption. Only thing we're asking of you is that you really hear about both options, learn about both options, and from there, make a decision of what's best for you and what's best for baby. Um, and so you do see the resistance sometimes, but I think that usually comes from a uh, lack of understanding of what, um, of, of what we're asking of you, you know what I mean? Because we're not asking you to choose adoption. We're asking you to learn about adoption. As one person put it one time, we're asking you to stick this in your back pocket in case you ever need it. You don't have to use it. Just put it in your pocket so you understand what's available to you either now or in the future if you feel like that's what's right
0: yeah I know well said so is the is that conversation take place once? Is it over the course of a long period? are you working through a curriculum or is there how how can you walk us through some of the nitty gritty, how that conversation takes place?
1: So the conversation really begins um, the first couple of weeks they are here, and then once they have received all their information which which can look different from each person, just depends where they're at in their decision. Like I said previously, some people come with their mind made up. Some people just don't know what they want to do. Um, And when that's the case, it may take longer because we always encourage women who who just don't know what direction they want to go in. We really encourage them to work on both sides. And so through doing that, that may take longer. And so the conversation... Uh, Through the education, they're just getting the information could take a couple of weeks. And once they've gotten all the information, then they make a decision. And from there, we start working on whatever decision they have made. And so it's not necessarily a long process because we don't want to beat anybody over the head with it. Because like I said, we're just educating you. And I think if we continue to present it you know, over and over and over again, then at that point, I think we're doing more than just educating and we're trying to push you um, into making a decision that you may not want to make. So the moment a lady says to me, OK, I've heard what you said about adoption, I understand adoption, but that's not the way I want to go, then the education in many ways ends and we start talking about, you know, parenting if that's what they desire to do.
0: In your experience with the stories you've seen, can you articulate some of the reasons that women are open to adoption? Like what in their heart kind of makes them open to the adoption message?
1: I would say the number one thing that we see would probably be the love for the child and The mom being able to acknowledge her circumstances and her ability to care for the child, her ability to give the child what she desires for the child to have. One part of the adoption is just them being able to think through what is it that you want for your child. And sometimes they feel like adoption is best because they do want their child to be raised in a two-parent household. They do want their children to be raised in a stable environment. And many of them just want their child to be able to have uh, what they didn't growing up. Um, And so they want to give them a different experience. And so that's usually the main thing. I say circumstances, you know, no woman, you know, goes, gets pregnant and says, you know, hey, I'm going to do an adoption, but it's more of the things that are currently going on in our life, a season, you know, whatever it may be, just circumstances causes them or, you know, pushes them toward an adoption plan and just the love for their child.
0: That's beautiful, beautifully said. it takes a little bit of I don't know emotional maturity or you know to to be able to assess your circumstances and make that decision. Are most of the women you're serving kind of able to do that? are they you know when we talk about things like trauma and we talk about all the the difficult things they've been through, sometimes that capacity to really honestly assess the situation um might be wounded in some way, so would you say that the women are able to do that? Or is that kind of a sticking, stumbling point?
1: I think the level of difficulty uh, for making a decision such as adoption when there has been trauma uh, is, is very high. Um, and we, and I have, oh, I've served such sweet mamas who've been through so much. Um, and I've watched them struggle with it because in their eyes, this is going to fix what I've, you know, what I've been through. This is going to be someone who's going to love me. And they don't they don't understand that how trauma uh, affects those decisions, those those decisions that they are making. Um, but but you're so correct. They are increasing awareness of how trauma affects those we serve has really required us to adjust how we even serve those clients. You know, making sure they fully understand what is being presented to them. Um, And which really makes the holistic approach that we take even more important because there's so much more going on in the world than just the pregnancy. There's so much more going on than just where they are right now. But we have to be able to take them and bring them into a place of peace and a place where they can really begin to heal, that they can make these decisions, that they can look at their situation and make an informed decision about what is best for them, what is best for this child, and that they may have peace about that.
0: And I think that's perhaps, you know, one of the, we hear grumblings around adoption that no one wants to, the moms aren't interested, they don't want to talk about it anymore. Mm-hmm. And it, I think it requires creativity on our part to figure out how to make that message new, right? You mentioned that there's, there's adoption in, the, in scripture, right? Adoption's been around as part of our story of humanity for a long time. um So trying to figure out how to kind of bring a newness or a, a way to to reconnect that message with her. Have you seen kind of recent things that you've had to try differently or trying a new way around presenting them adoption message?
1: I wouldn't necessarily say we found anything new um, other than just acknowledging how trauma affects a person's ability to make a decision. But one thing I would like to point out for other homes is that we have to also, for those of us serving in this particular, serving this particular population, we have to understand and acknowledge our own bias against adoption. There are so many people who just don't agree with it. And so if you don't agree with it, I don't think you can present it in a way that's not, you know, that's not biased. And so I think it's important for homes uh, to make sure their staff is, is you know, wh- where do they stand on the topic of adoption? Because there's, other than really just presenting the facts I wouldn't say there's a new way to do that uh, other than just being mindful of the person we're presenting it to, you know, presenting it in the way that they can receive it um, by acknowledging the trauma of where they've already been. Um, For instance, individuals who've been in foster care have a harder time accepting adoption. And so you want to Present it maybe a little bit differently to them, so they can understand the difference between adoption and foster care. Because many of these children who've been in foster care, they have these images of being snatched away from their parents, and they're still dealing with the trauma of being, you know, taken away and being placed in a different home. And so, when you say adoption, that's the first thing that they relate it to. And so, again, you educate and you you show them what's different about adoption and foster care, because adoption, you're in control, you're in complete control of where your child is going. You're in complete control of which family um, that you desire to place this child with. And it's not, you know, the police or anyone else coming to your door and just snatching this child away. And so, I mean, all factors, there's so many factors that's going to play into how we present it. But at the end of the day, we're really still just presenting the facts about adoption and educating on adoptions so that they can better understand
0: Yeah, no, I definitely see that. So I think what I hear most is like, homes are like, yeah, we support adoption. And yet there's not a way in which I guess when the conversation comes up, when that moment comes up, there's a lot of uncomfortableness bringing it up. So I think the trick is then to figure out a way in which it's just a part of every conversation that you're having, not every conversation, that you're, it's a conversation that you're having with every mom, you know, that there's a sense of, this is just a conversation that we have in our program. It's not, you know, you're being singled out for the conversation, um, or you happen to mention it. So we're going to kind of whip out this other thing. And, you know, you're on a different track now.
1: Right. And I've heard of some homes doing it in groups where maybe once a month you have someone from the adoption world come out and and provide the entire group with information and educate them on that so they can, you know, be aware of that that is an option for me. Um pamphlets. You can have pamphlets in your home where perhaps maybe I don't feel comfortable telling you that I'm considering adoption because you know, adoption has been stigmatized, you know? Many people say, Oh, well, you don't you don't want that baby or oh you're you're rejecting this baby or or whatever, and that's just not the case because again, adoption is full of love. And the very act adoption says how much you love that child because I am willing to sacrifice raising you in order for you to have what you need. And so there's just there are different ways to kind of bring it up if this is not a part of your program. And I know we differ in that it is a part of who we are, you know lifeline you know at the heart of what we do again is part of ministering to these birth moms and so other homes may not provide that same type of programming but you may be able to you know have pamphlets you may be able to have monthly talks especially when you have new women coming in just to make sure every woman is fully aware of what her options are when it comes to their child
0: Um, in my experience the other women um, in the program so if you have a few women pursuing an adoption plan, you have a few women parenting, that the other, um, the parenting moms can, can be a loud voice in the moms that are thinking about adoption, which can be a little bit challenging, perhaps. I don't know if you've experienced that. Someone once told me that teaching the moms to advocate for their decision and starting that within the context of the home, right? She might first have to advocate with her peers that this is why I'm making a decision. This is being able to speak about it with with confidence and clarity um, so that then she can advocate to her family, to her community, to people that might she might encounter is one of the biggest gifts that a program can um, give to an adoptive mom. So I don't know, can you talk about that dynamic at all about interacting with with women that may not be pursuing an adoption plan and those that are Right.
1: So within our home, we do discuss women not shaming the adoption or parenting option that any woman is choosing. We want each person to understand it's your child, it's your choice. It's not for another resident to kind of make you feel bad for whatever you're choosing. I always want to stress to each person that we serve, you all are from such different backgrounds. Each one of you are in a different place, you know, currently in your life. And so you don't know their whole story. And so it's not, it's not your place to try to make someone feel bad for choosing adoption. And so we try to make them more empathetic to one another. I'm not going to say it always works, but we do have those conversations, you know, in hopes that it will decrease the chances of someone being shamed for whatever option they have chosen.
0: you talk about some of the areas where maybe that can be sensitive or that there's just like maybe there's moments in the pregnancy um, process where there's just things that you're like oh this is an area where um some uh, you know a plan a strategy uh, some training a moment you know to have some type of celebration where those moments might be
1: um at the end of the the last trimester i think their emotions Really begin to roller coaster, if you will, and and of course a lot of it's just due to I'm about to deliver, Um, so I've chosen this adoption. You know, I've chosen to do an adoption, and it's it's the finality of it. And so sometimes, you know, you just want to celebrate them in the choice that they've made, and it really, I mean, honestly, just depends on that individual. The women we serve are so different, and I say that all the time, but I but I truly mean it. I mean, even with those I'm serving currently, they're each one would need something different to celebrate them. Um, So it's really about getting to know that individual person and then determining through that, how can I celebrate this decision you have made? How can I um, come alongside you and walk with you through this decision and this plan that you're creating? Um, And sometimes that may look like, I may take you out. I mean, some of them like to go out and get pedicures, uh, you know, because be mm-hmm. my feet are going to be in stirrups, <laughs> you know. Um, <laughs> others, you know, they may, uh, one, one last meal. Scrapbooking is huge one um, because in that, you're able to pass something to baby and, and something to send with baby that tells about you. Um, so baby can know all about mom. Baby can know all about my pregnancy. Baby can know why I made this decision. So sometimes that's a really... Um, That's a really good one to help them continue to process the decision they made, to continue to process the emotions that they are dealing with, Um, because really, adoption is a journey. It's not. So it's not like, I'm going to give birth, I'm going to do this adoption, and I'm okay. This is just the start of a journey that they're about to take. And so just getting them to a place of peace is always the goal. And again, that's going to look a little bit different for each person we serve.
0: I've also heard Holmes talk about there might be, for instance, if if you have to have a, you know, house meeting or house training every week, that some of those trainings might be on things like choosing a daycare, right? Or, you know, or some type of potty training techniques or whatever. Um, And that, that being mindful that women pursuing an adoption plan, that those those things might be, one, not relevant, but also a point of pain if if they're forced to attend or if it's mandatory for them to attend, I don't know, how do you handle those type of dynamics?
1: So one of the benefits of us being smaller is that those type of conversations will probably be done one-on-one. So if I had one that was parenting, clearly we're working on a parenting plan. And so we're going to have more parenting conversations. Um, and so I wouldn't necessarily gather the whole house and do a potty training if there's only one person there that has a child or will be having a child. And so I would do those individually. Now for larger homes, I get that that may not be an option, but I also, maybe you wouldn't necessarily make that mandatory. Um, You would maybe want to just focus on those who are actually parenting or those who will be parenting and require them to attend those classes and focus, because with adoption, there's so many other things that you can also focus on because they need to um, be prepared for, For the what's next after the adoption takes place. So there's many things that those individuals will be able to work on as well. And so you just just don't you don't you don't want to put them all together like that and, you know, kind of make each person go through the same thing if that's not what they need. Because, again, it's about each person getting what they need, not us just presenting a bunch of information to everybody at one time.
0: The way that adoption is often portrayed, there's a lot of vacillating, I guess, you know, going back and forth, flip-flopping on that type of thing. What what do you see in your experience, Keisha?
1: Just that. I um, Like I previously stated, during that last trimester, the doubt really just, it, it rises. Am I making the right decision? Can I do this? Do I need to do this? And so... What we have the women do is write down the reasons for choosing adoption. And, and it's, you, you, in their own handwriting, in their own words, why are you choosing adoption? And so when doubt comes, they're able to look at that list. They're able to remind themselves, why am I making this decision? Because it, it, it does hurt. I mean, it is a sacrifice, you know, it's, it's as beautiful as adoption is. It also has that other side of, of grief, you know. Now I'm grieving this child that I've carried for 10 months and that desire to be with them. And so through making a list, like I said, they're able to pull that out during those times to just say, you know, I, I know I'm doing the right thing and my emotions are just trying to get the best of me. Because many times, I, you know, emotions are what got them here, you know. That, that emotion is what... Um, is what got you here. And so we don't want to lead by
0: emotion. We want to lead
1: with our heads and really think through every decision that we're making.
0: Um, I don't know if you could recommend, if a home wants to kind of get more comfortable with the conversation or start to introduce more of that, of the adoption conversation into their program, is there anything you'd suggest or any resources or organizations that you really Admire um, any trainings that you've been through or books that you've read. Any is there anything you'd suggest as a kind of a starting place to grow in comfort?
1: I would really recommend they check locally to see if there are adoption agencies that may be willing to provide the education. I mean, always they, they they're going to always want to do their research and make sure they're dealing with a reputable you know organization, but. A lot of times they are willing to come out and provide those classes. They're, they are willing to come out and provide those trainings. Uh, Lifeline, Lifeline Children's Services, we, we go out often to pregnancy resource centers. We go out to hospitals and we provide the training on how to present the option of adoption. And so I'm sure we're not the only ministry that is available for that because, we're, of course, we're not in all 50 states. Um, so I'm pretty sure that many of these states have local agencies that may also be willing to provide that because everyone doesn't know. And so I I actually, I mean, I do get that part, you know, everyone's not comfortable. Everyone has not been trained and everyone does not know how to present that option. Um, but that's what we're here for. Then there's also pamphlets, uh, that, that you can get, you know, to be able to read, to be able to present. And then I, I think there's also the national association of adoption. I may be saying that backwards. Um, But I know they also have monthly emails and information that they send out that may be helpful to homes.
0: Awesome. Well, Keisha, thank you so much for for kind of just walking with us into this conversation and sharing your own experiences of serving women that are in the process of of figuring it out. So that's a really beautiful decision to accompany someone in and grateful to, to learn from you in that. Two messages that really stood out to me is that you know that the Bible is full of adoption stories, and that adoption is a message of love. Any other just kind of closing thoughts on on the power and beauty of adoption um, as a source of encouragement for homes to think about it deeply?
1: I just really encourage people not to be scared to present the option and to see it for what it is. See it for the see it for the love um, that it truly is. It's, it's just surrounded in love. It's a decision of love, um, and and not to allow it to lose its beauty just because the world labels it something different. Like let's educate ourselves, let's understand it, and let's present this beautiful option to these women who are already scared, who are already uncertain, who are already searching for um what's best for them and what's best for their babies. And we just we just need to come alongside them and support them lovingly and wholeheartedly in whatever decision. Yeah, they beautifully make.
0: said. Keisha, thank you so much uh, for being with us and for sharing your experiences. Super grateful for that. If people want to learn more about your program, is there a good way to to find out more?
1: Yes, they can always go to our website at lifelinechild.org, and we and, and from there you can choose the the pregnant tab that will take you to the pregnancy website. Um, and we're like I said, we're always available to provide trainings if you are in our area. And, you know, because we just want to equip people to be able to um, present the option well.
0: You're down in the south, right? In Alabama?
1: We're in the south, but we're also in other states as well. So, oh, okay. you know, we're in Kansas, Kansas, Florida. I have to look up to a map, but there, there's several other states. <laughs> okay, in,
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: <laughs> but mainly in the southern states, you are correct. But yes, we are in other places as well. Awesome.
0: Very good. Well, listeners, thanks for jumping in and joining us in this conversation. And thank you, Keisha, for spending time with us. Super grateful.
1: Thanks for listening to this episode of Pregnancy Help Podcast. To subscribe to future episodes, access resources related to today's session, or listen to previous episodes, visit www.heartbeatinternational.org podcast. Thanks for tuning in.